once you have a podcast and you are side by side and have a guest, even like yourself, like people automatically think you're kind of an authority. And it's almost like being a public speaker where someone's on stage, they almost have an automatic respect and presence about them just right. by this simple thing. And it's not very expensive. It's something that anybody can do. And it, that's why it was one of the things that I really felt that's something I'd love to teach people how to get it and get out there and start developing that part of their business because it's such an easy way to expand your brand. Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast. I am super excited to have our guest, Omar Cumberbatch, here today. And we are going to talk about some really cool things, including the power of podcasting. Of course, we're going to talk sales because every person that I have on here, I love picking their brain about the sales lessons that they've learned along the way because I know how much that helps all of you. So I am really excited to have Omar here today. Let me just read a little bit to you about Omar. He is the founder of the Health Coach Academy. It's a professional health coach and radio talk show host. Omar received his training from IIN, yay, IIN, where he was trained in more than 100 dietary theories and studied a variety of practical lifestyle coaching methods. For over a decade, he studied hundreds of different nutritional theories, navigating through the world of contradictory dietary and exercise advice. Contradictory, right? <laughs> That's an understatement. During this time, he experienced firsthand how challenging it was to devise his own dietary plan. Omar was able to confront the struggle by changing his approach to incorporate a holistic lifestyle approach. He then decided to become a health counselor to fulfill his passion for working with individuals who struggle with similar obstacles and are motivated to change. Omar, welcome. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to have you here. I love talking sales. I love talking podcasting. And I love when I meet another person who's so passionate about health and wellness like you are and also an IIN alum like me. Yes, exactly. It's so great to connect with you on that level too, because uh, IIN was a very nice experience and I enjoyed it a lot. It was. Yeah, it was. I'm I'm glad that I discovered it. I didn't even know health coaching was a thing before I discovered. And and for those of you who don't know, because not everybody who listens um, knows what IIN is. There are many other health coaching certification programs. IIN is Institute for Integrative Nutrition. It's where Omar and I both went to get our health coaching certification. Um, certainly, there are many more out there. But what I didn't know, let's say back in like 2012, I think is when I first discovered it. I didn't know health coaching was a thing, but I was super passionate about wanting to help people. And when I discovered it, I was like, whoa. So I made it a goal to how can I how can I get myself into this program and become a health coach? And yeah, it was just a term that was coined that was kind of odd. Right. I mean, I know myself, I, I was helping. I was health coaching before it was a thing in my mind. Right. You know? right. Yeah. I mean, we all had that experience, right, where we had some kind of transformation for ourselves. And then people came up to us and they were like, well, how'd you do that? And how'd you do yeah. that? And we started kind of giving out advice and we found that we really enjoyed helping people and then discovered, oh, it's a thing. Yep. I can make this my business. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. And then here we are. 
which like you and I were talking about a little bit before we we actually went live. The reason you and I do the work that we do to help other health and wellness professionals is because so many of them love their body of work, don't love the idea of selling it, don't love the idea of the business side of things. And ultimately, without really growing that side of things, you're going to limit how many people you can help. So if you are serious about really helping people, we've got to get behind an understanding of how to promote ourselves, how to sell ourselves so that we can help more people. Absolutely. And that's totally the key. It's very difficult. I don't know why help entrepreneurs tend to just feel that way. And just having the Health Coach Academy podcast, I've had so many differing opinions about why that's the case. And it's, it's something that I've, we, we shared on my show as well. And yeah. it's really fascinating. So we're definitely on the same page trying to help to get past those obstacles. So I'm excited to share as well. Yeah, on yeah me too. And, it, and it's interesting because you're right. In our industry, in health and wellness, it is kind of a across the board challenge that people identify with because what I hear, and I'm sure you hear this a lot too, I just love so much what I do. I would do it for free. Right. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> and, you know, listen, we could we could go off on a tangent about that forever, but that's not necessarily what we're here to talk about. But I will say there's different levels of why that's coming up for people. A lot of it is wealth consciousness. And I didn't even know what wealth consciousness was a couple of years ago. And as I started to dive more into it, I thought, oh, my gosh, that is an area where a lot of people are holding themselves back. What I also see a lot is people assume that giving it away for free well, let me say it like this. I had a conversation a week ago with a woman and she said, I just want to give away what I do for free. I said, great. To who? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, who are you going to give it away for free to? She goes, well, I don't know people who need it. I said, great. How are you going to find them? Mm -hmm. And through me asking her these questions, she started to realize you still have to sell what you're doing. Right. Even if you're giving it away for free, it's not the money part. It's the confidence. And the awareness of how to get yourself out there and how to get more, more visible so that people, whether you're giving it away for free or selling it, people know what it is that they might want to come closer to and interact with and be a part of. Absolutely. 100%. And I think that's important to remember, whether you're giving it away for free or not, you still have to sell it. Yeah, without a doubt. Yes, it's a, it's a lot of layers to it. But yeah, that's ultimately, that's what it comes down to. You're going to have to sell whatever you're offering. And that's just what it is, you know, it's something we, and we, we do struggle with it. I've decided to dive into that. It, it, it's a fascinating topic for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, in many ways, it's so near and dear to our heart and it means so much to us. It feels yeah. we're vulnerable when we start putting it out there. And that's scary, right? That vulnerability of like, here's what I have. Here's what I do. Here's how I want to help people. It takes a lot of courage to get there. And that's a big part of, of what selling is. It's developing that courage and confidence. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I, I'm really excited to share, and again, I give a lot of that credit for, for my self-discovery. I don't know if you're familiar with, with Mastin Kip. He's yeah. A, yeah. So I have Mastin on the show. Okay. And he's awesome. the first person to tell me that my problem with the sales part of this whole thing was that I'm not able to receive. Yes. I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> and it was such a like, like a, what do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I want to be rich, right? Yeah, but he's yeah. like, if you're not open to receiving and that energetic exchange with the asking and the pricing properly and welcoming in, like I was deserving of everything that I was trying to get. If yep. that's closed off, you're not going to get any money and you're not going to be able yep. to survive. But it was such a weird thing when I first heard it a couple of years back. But yep. I think that health coaches are always giving, 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 giving. And the receiving part is just so foreign to us. That mm -hmm. is, 
that it, it, it hurts us in so many ways. Well, we live in a very masculine, heavy society, meaning our masculine energy, that giving, that comes from the masculine side of things. The receiving is the feminine energy. And whether you're male or female in, in terms of gender, doesn't matter. It's right. the energy that we're talking about, right? Giving and receiving. And we, we tend to be such givers. And to Mastin's point, and to your point, we don't really know and are not comfortable with receiving. And I'm the same as you. When I first heard it a couple of years ago, because I was told the same thing by the first coach that I hired back in oh, wow. uh, 2019, she was like, receiving is where you're cutting yourself off. You're not open to receiving. And I was like, but I want the money. What do you mean? You know what I mean? But it, but we don't quite understand that we're actually cutting ourselves off from that because of how we feel about ourselves, because of, you know, all kinds of different things. But that is one of the areas where I think a lot of people have work to do, myself included, is how can I be more open to receiving? Yeah. And it's everything. And that's yeah. one of the things you have to start even taking a compliment. You just have to Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> End of story. End of story. No more <laughs> needs to be said, right? Not an explanation, not a, oh, this, this shirt? This, nope. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. And forget it. That was one of my most difficult things. I was like, I have to, I have to pay the compliment back. I have to do this. Yeah. I have to do this. Right. Right. Yeah. You feel like, oh, what can I do to like, yeah. yeah. And I think um, this is one of the things that I teach inside of my program. Gratitude is the highest form of receiving. Yes. And so when we get ourselves into that energy of gratitude, we are actually opening ourselves up because what you're really saying is I have received something that I'm grateful for. When you're in gratitude, you are acknowledging you've received something. Yes. Yeah. And it's like yeah. saying, thank you, universe, more, please. So gratitude is one of the best ways to to become better at receiving. Yep. Great point. Great point. So let's jump into some podcast stuff, because I know we're here to talk about the power of podcasting, as well as some of the sales lessons you've learned along the way in your journeys. And I think both of those can go hand in hand, because so much of what podcasting is, is raising awareness for who we are and what we do. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, so, Getting in front of a bigger audience. Yeah. So podcasting is one of the things that like I fell in love with at an early, early age. And it was something that I guess I learned because I, I figured out I was an audio learner anyway. Um, I love reading, but I was just be able to to actually get the, the spoken word so much better. And I, I absorbed it so much better that I learned that over time. And I really began to just be, admire some of the podcasters out there, specifically one guy named Sean Croxon, who was, he had this show called Underground Wellness uh, maybe 12 years ago. And it was like the number one iTunes health show out there. And this guy, he basically what he did was read books by health authorities have them on the show and talk about the books. And I was like, what kind of job is this? I need, that's what I want to do. If I could do that for the rest of my life and get paid, I'm thrilled. So that's how I got into it. He really actually became a mentor to me at one point. And what I learned through that experience is that once you have a podcast and you are side by side and have a guest, even like yourself, like people automatically think you're kind of an authority. You know, they can't believe that. Oh, wow. How does Omar know Nicole? Like, it's like, I'm one of the cool kids now. <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's almost like being a public speaker where someone's on stage, they almost have an automatic respect and uh, presence about them just right. by this simple thing. And it's not very expensive. It's something that anybody can do. And it, that's why it was one of the things that I really felt that's something I'd love to teach people how to get it and get out there and start developing that part of their business because it's such an easy way to expand your brand. And it's such a, a, an enjoyable way to get to know people outside of just your space. And it's, it's really a great thing. So that was one of the reasons I got into it initially and I've been doing it ever since. 
Most people wait until they hear an objection to decide what they're going to say or to try to figure out what to say back to it. And the worst time to think about what you're going to say is the moment that you are saying it. So I want to help you with this. I want to help you be prepared so that you know how to handle common objections. You know what to say when somebody says, that's too expensive. You know what to say when somebody says, I don't know if I have the time. You'll know how to handle all of these different parts of your conversations because you'll know exactly what to say. Because that's the workshop. I am an exactly what to say certified guide, and I want to teach you the magic words and phrases that will help you navigate these conversations so that you are getting more of the outcomes that you want more often, which means you're getting more sales and you're helping more people, and that's the whole point. We start August 24th. This is a four-week workshop. You will be learning and also practicing how to use these phrases. So by the end of the four weeks, you will feel more confident in your sales conversations and you will be making more sales and helping more people. So go to the link in the show notes to get signed up and I'll see you on August 24th. Love that. Well, you just mentioned a ton of gold nuggets about why podcasting is so valuable. And you said it so effortlessly and fluidly, but I kind of want to just revisit it. And one of the things that you said right away is it establishes credibility. It positions you as the authority, as the expert in many ways, Mm -hmm. because you have a podcast, because you're talking about it and providing value in the way that you talk about it. People just see you and and you you are positioning yourself differently. And that authority that people see you as lends itself to them wanting to learn more from you and um, looking at you differently. And I think that initially is something that's really important from, you know, the, the sales perspective is you do want to position yourself as the authority, the, authority the, the, the expert in what you do and what you specialize in. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I really stumbled upon during the pandemic, especially because everyone was craving such content. Podcast listens and downloads have skyrocketed, just like Audible and all the, these ways of getting to share information. And it's really like on par at this point, like with public speaking and authorship. It's just one of the three things that people are just consuming at such a high rate that you are that authority. The same respect that when I was growing up, you gave an author. All of a sudden, this new medium is the way that people really express like they're, wow, that, that's that's somebody important. <laughs> so, Right. You made a good point. It has to also like you fell in love with podcasting from a very early age. It fits in with what you enjoy, which is a big part of, I'm sure, why it's been successful for you, because you're not just doing it because somebody said, oh, podcasting is a good strategy. Right. No, I'm doing it because you genuinely love it. And I think it's important to make that distinction because some people who are listening might think, oh, podcasting can help me. Okay, I should go do it. Well, if it's not something that you're really interested in, then you shouldn't. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something again, like, um, and also even when you're starting out just to figure out there's so many different formats to a podcast. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, if I have a podcast, I have to do this by myself. And it's like this solo game kind of thing. If you're not meant to do that and you can't carry a show on a regular basis, guest podcasting is fantastic because this conversation is golden content that people you could do this every week without an issue. You know, you're, you're, you're basically having a conversation. If you like to talk to people and get to know people and pick their brain, it's a very easy format. So yeah. I, I like the way that you did rephrase that. If you like that kind of stuff, absolutely. Podcasting is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it has to light you up. You have to be excited about it. And, and it really, like you said, whether it's a solo episode or an interview, what you're really doing with interviews is you're giving somebody the privilege of hearing a very valuable conversation 
that can benefit them. And if it's solo and you can carry the show on your own, you have a lot to say. Awesome. It could be a combo, like a hybrid of those two. But at the end of the day, it does have to be something that you're really excited about for it to really be a strategy that's going to work for your business. I think also, and I, I like to always say this, I did not start my business with a podcast. I'm not saying that you can't. But what I'm saying is, I think it's important to focus on one thing at a time as you're first starting out in your business. And you don't, you can't do all the things, right? You can't be an author and a speaker and a podcaster and a coach all at once. Right. You can say yes for all of those things, but also what is your immediate focus? Is it getting your coaching business off the ground and getting clients? Then let's focus on that because you can get a couple of private clients and get some experience and start to grow your business and then add in the layers of, okay, what's next? Now is it time to start a podcast because I've kind of gotten that part of my business handled and now I want to raise more awareness for what I do and get in front of a bigger audience. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that I was able to utilize once I had a few clients under my belt and then started the podcast. I was having just the ability to just say, hey, you know, you need additional resources. Check out the podcast. Check out this episode. Check out that. So it was like something that I was always just adding value to my clients just because I had reference points where I can refer them, hey, check out Nicole's show, check out Sean's show, check out this, you know, just always kind of being in their ear and just giving them information, especially, as you know, clients know more about what's on the street real time than you. They might stumble across something you've never heard of and you're like, wow, I never heard of that. But at least sometimes I can, hey, well, I could refer you to something that I discovered when that person said about this new diet plan that I don't know what the hell they're talking about, right. Right. but maybe we can dive into it. It's a new diet plan. It's called Schmido. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm telling you. Talking you're out there, what's going on. Yeah. yeah well, I, and you just made a really good point too. We're, we're talking about the power of podcasting. In no way are we saying the podcast has to be yours. If no. you're not in a position or, or you don't want to actually have your own podcast, the beautiful piece is there are people who want to have you on as the expert they want to interview. Absolutely. And I help my clients with that a lot because when you're brand new and you're starting out, don't take on too many things at once, but get yourself on some podcasts that will raise awareness. Yeah. Just yeah. like it would if you had your own, because like to your point, if you're talking with a prospect or somebody who's interested, hey, why don't I send you this podcast I was on recently? And you can check out a little bit, a bit of the information that I shared. Yeah, absolutely. That's still an asset for you to share and provide value for people, because that's really what we want to have all the time is what are some tools that I have in my tool belt where I can immediately share something with somebody that can benefit them and make them want to step closer into my world and learn more from me. Right. It's definitely an additional touch point. They say how many, what's the magic number is seven touch points before you can actually. Like 700 these days, Omar. (laughs) Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. So incrementally, the podcast is something that we could just give them to to take a little listen and get to know us a lot better. So it's absolutely great. And then, like you said, they want to share it with others. They learn something from it. They're inspired by it. They end up spreading the word, which is great. Um, Word of mouth is a wonderful way to get the word out there about what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, too, something that you just said, just getting the word out there. Well, back to what I said, getting the word out there doesn't have to be your podcast. It can be you being interviewed on other people. And then that's value that you can give. That's an asset that you can provide. That's a way that you can improve somebody's life. Yeah. And definitely introduce you to a whole new audience, you know. So, like, we all have our own tribes. And the more that we step out of our own comfort zone and 
and meet new people and get in front of their people it just opens yeah. up the door to so many different opportunities. And that's just another wonderful thing about podcasting that I always promote. <laughs> yeah, that's the exciting part. I mean, I just had last week, I had a conversation with a woman and she signed up and paid in full to work with me. And she had heard me on a podcast that was, I think it was 2020 or before. It might have been before the pandemic that I did this podcast with somebody. And it wasn't mine. I was on somebody's show and she happened to hear it. And she was like, I fell in love right away with your message. And I knew I wanted to work with you. So I signed up for a call. Isn't it amazing? Yes, evergreen. It doesn't go anywhere. That's a beautiful thing. It's there for life. It is something that is really a powerful way to continue to serve people. And, you know, you could actively promote a podcast that was released two years ago, and it could still be relevant and valuable for people. Absolutely. So the evergreen nature of it is is really amazing. So tell us a little bit more. You've been podcasting for how long? Well, I I started seven years ago. However, (laughs) I had to start and stop a few times. So in my own uh, entrepreneurial evolution, I had to do a couple of rebrands until I got it right. Um, So I think that I was always good at podcasting. Again, it's something that I was passionate about. I, I was always a pretty good interviewer, but I never zoomed into the proper target audience. And Mm -hmm. until I actually spoke to the mentor who I was referring to earlier to kind of make me stay in a lane, Mm -hmm. that was when it finally picked up. And that, so I I say I have three years of solid productivity (laughs) as far as moving my business along in the podcasting space, but seven years worth of total experience with a lot of hiccups (laughs) along the way. And that's why you're so good at what you do now, because you've learned from that. I mean, welcome to entrepreneurship, right? Isn't it yes. just a whole bunch of trial and error and building the plane and flying it? Yeah. And, and, you know, coming out of the health uh, coaching schools and just I, I guess it's entrepreneurship in general. You want to help everybody. Mm-hmm. And I presented myself just like that. My show had dating. It had sports. It had health. You you name the subject. I, ha- I was I was doing it. And then right. you just can't get any traction because. Nobody knows what you're going to be talking about. Well, next. The person that was interested in dating might not be interested in the sports episode that you did, might not be interested right. in the health episode that, you you know, and it's like, and then you're just, you're not speaking to anybody because you're trying to speak to everybody. Yeah. And he, he the way he, he put it, and I think this might be useful to your audience, especially when it's, you know, when you're trying to secure like what you are and who you are. He's like, you said, if match.com or whatever the dating site is out there right now heard your episode and thought it was fantastic and wanted to give you sponsorship money here's a million dollars i'm so excited about your product then he hears you talking about the new york knicks the next day money's gone right that's like i thought this was a dating show i want my product (laughs) to be on that show because it was that good Mm -hmm. and once i picked the lane all the other opportunities started falling into place so Stay in your lane. You know, one day maybe you you can be someone like, say, Joe Rogan, who talks to about anything he wants at one point, but yeah, did a lot yeah. <laughs> to get yeah. there. He was on every forget it. So we have to build up that credibility and to, look at who Joe Rogan has been through the years and how he got to where he is. Right, absolutely. he became known for some things early on that helped him establish credibility, and then once you become known for something, you you will. Ex- Expand who you are and how you help people, but you've got to initially, like I always tell this story about Tony Robbins. I heard it years ago. He actually, when he very first went to NLP school, quit and didn't finish because he was like, I learned everything I need to learn. Now I'm going to go help people. And what he chose to do first is he helped people quit smoking. He went up and he rented a hotel room in Canada. Have you ever heard this story? 
I think you're the one who first put me onto that. I was, was like, I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he put out all these flyers and said, um, if you're ready to quit smoking, I can help you. And people just showed up at, at the hotel room and he did what he learned in, in NLP and pattern interrupt and whatever. And he, that's how he started to become known. And I mean, now let's be honest, he can pretty much help anybody with anything, but he didn't start that way. Absolutely. And that's the same thing. Like you said, Joe Rogan, fear factor, UFC, he was a stand-up comedian. He was, he's just building his base. Uh, yep. all all along that's why it's like the iteration we see of him is nothing like it started so that hit me uh, profoundly and that was really why all of a sudden I started okay now it makes sense I'm seeing results right. staying in my lane <laughs> and then I just took it from there well like you said that's where you started to gain, to gain traction and I think along with that we also have to remember if you have a podcast you still have to sell that and market it yes and who are you going to market it to is dependent on what the actual content is about. And if it's about everything, then again, who are you going to market it to? Exactly. Right. And so I think that that's important. What is the message that you want your audience to learn and hear from you? Who is the audience? Like asking yourself those, what are they going to get from listening to your podcast? Those are all important because then again, whether you're an author that's writing a book, whether you are a podcast host who wants to start a podcast, you've got to know who it's for. Mm -hmm. And you still have to sell it. Yeah, absolutely. No, how does anybody know to listen to your podcast if they don't know that it exists? Correct. Absolutely. I think that's important to remember. You still have to market what you're doing so that people know that it's there. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. So speaking of marketing and letting people know about it, um, let's talk sales for a minute. Because I know that through the years of being an entrepreneur, you've learned some things along the way. And our health and wellness audience is really going to benefit from this conversation. So tell us a little bit about your experience with sales, some of the things you've learned. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely the receiving part was the first thing that hit me in the face was like, okay, that's profound. I, I took a great lesson from that, that without a doubt. I also realized that being like a health coach, it was something that I didn't, I know deep down, and this is kind of another way I got into podcasting, believe it or not. I tied the results of my clients with like my success or failure. Mm-hmm. And that was horrible. <laughs> so if, yes. the, if the person was not getting the results that I deemed appropriate for them, that was my fault. So I almost like the podcast was like, take this information, do as you wish. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> and I had no ties, you know, and I found that a lot of health coaches and, you know, coaches in general have that issue and and tie their success or what they're worthy of receiving to a result that somebody has the free will to do whatever they want with that decision. Some people are going to hire you because they just want to say they have a health coach. Some people have no interest and they're not ready whatsoever to take on a health journey at all. And when I, and when I started to realize that I, I actually went to a conference in Toronto with, I'm not sure if you feel, you know who Laurie Kennedy is. Yeah. Okay, so I went to her conference. She was on the podcast at one point, and she basically just did like the I lead the horse to water, and if they drink, that's their problem. Because they said, I know what I got is going to help you, but you got to do what I tell you. And if you don't, it's on you, <laughs> it's not on me. So I think a lot of the sales parts that I had to overcome in my mindset was specifically around that kind of just understanding the value that I can bring to a potential client. And just offering that and knowing deep down in my heart that whatever it is that I'm offering is valuable and I don't have to have that 
icky conversation with them to feel like I'm even overpricing them or underpricing them. This is what it is. This is the value. And just kind of be happy with that. And that took a long <laughs> time to feel comfortable in that. And I think that was one of the biggest lessons in sales that I learned and had a tremendous amount of difficulty overcoming. But with work, it was something that I was able to do. Would you say that what you just expressed is detaching yourself from results that your clients get? Is that is that kind of the work that you did is not being so attached to their results and that opened you up to feeling more comfortable with selling? Yeah, I think that's definitely a component of it. You have to detach yourself right. from the results. Because again, at the end of the day, we're, we're selling a service, not like a product, you know, like they're, it's it's different. So the results can vary wildly and in, in ways that we don't even understand. We can only talk to them for the time that we are talking to them and the other maybe 23 hours a day, God knows <laughs> what they're doing, right? And just like I said, detaching ourselves from like that part and also my results are maybe too crazy and they're happy with the results that they actually get. You know, like if I'm saying, oh, you need to lose 30 pounds. I was like, well, I'm just happy that I lost five pounds and I know where I can look for sugar now, <laughs> you know? So it was like the journey was totally different. It's like, it's funny because I'm a friend of mine he trains like professional athletes. And when he trains a professional a- athlete and then just like a, a, a single guy who's just wants to get rid of his beer belly. The motivation is so different that you right. have to say, hey, listen, you know, I, what I'm doing, it, that person, even if I'm not thrilled with the results, can be ecstatic <laughs> and worth every penny. So, it, yeah, it's definitely a part of the detachment uh, with the results specifically. And I think a lot of it is just, again, holding, um, just, just acknowledging that their experience is going to be different in, in the perspective than mine, you know, and right. that's kind of what it is. So it's kind of detachment, kind of not <laughs> in that way. Because I mean, really, who are we making it about if we are so set on a specific result that we want them to get? Right, right. It's, it's about us at that point. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it, watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay. Now back to the show. And to your point, they may just be happy that they know how to identify when there's sugar in their food that they don't want to eat. And even if they didn't lose 30 pounds, maybe that wasn't their intention. And so we've got to stop making it about us and what we want. I think it's also important to note, you can identify an ideal target demographic, and you can also identify requirements you want those clients to have. If there's a certain level of results that you want, like your friend who works with professional athletes, 
he's probably not trying to work with people who are couch potatoes and getting in shape for the first time. It doesn't light him up in the same way. That's very true. And that's exactly a good description of him. He's, and then when I, when he comes back and is upset about certain things, I'm like, that's, that's why you're not, you're not in alignment with what type of person that you really want to be working with. It. Exactly. Because it's not our job just because somebody can pay us to take them on as a client. We have to be just as lit up excited about the work we are going to do with them. Yeah. That still doesn't mean that it's up to us to say, here's the results that you need to get. The results are still personal to them. Yes. But I think it's important that we honor the type of people we want to work with that get us excited about working with them. 100% agree. Because if you think about it, on the other end, it's like, do you want to work with a coach who needed the money and took you on, even though you aren't exactly the kind of person that they wanted to work with? Would you want to know that? No. Mm -hmm. So we've got to be an integrity when we're making those decisions from the other side of things. Is this the type of person that I really am excited about working with and that I really, you may be able to help them, but are you excited about helping them? That's yeah. an important thing to consider. Yeah, it's definitely an energetic uh, position too. Like I remember my first client, I had absolutely no business taking her on. I had, she had issues that were way beyond my scope, uh, things that had to do with eating disorders and stuff like that, which I just didn't know. I, but I was desperate. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted a client. I wanted to make money and I couldn't help her as much as I wanted to. I hope I did not hurt her in what I was trying to accomplish in my worldview. But now I, in the position I'm in now, I would absolutely refer her to someone who's way more qualified and I'm not acting in a, in a way of desperation and right. it comes across and no, but in the end of nobody's winning in that, in that situation. Right. right. Yeah. I think that's a, a really good, um, and, and, you know, to be honest, just for everybody who's listening, we all do that at the beginning. That's how you learn. We all take on people and we're like, Oh, maybe I don't want to work with that kind of person anymore. Or maybe that that's so much of how you, narrow down who you want to work with is through trial and error and experience. Sure. Absolutely. And no matter what, you're always leaving people with more, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's one of my favorite concepts from a book called The Science of Getting Rich. I don't know if you've ever read it. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Chapter 14, The Impression of Increase. No matter what, you're always leaving people with more if that's your intention, if that's your focus, right? No matter what, every interaction you have with somebody, you're leaving them with more. And so even if you take somebody on early on in your coaching business, and maybe you find out, eh, that's not really my ideal client. You still help them in some way. You served them. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I did. I definitely did. This. I can honestly say that. But yeah. and but, now but, you're better because of it. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Awesome. So any other sales tips, gems, things that you've learned along the way that you've helped your clients with, things that have really made an impact? Honestly, those were like the two biggest ones um, that I think were super profound to me. I think that without a doubt, like some of the, some of the stuff that was more in the, the nitty gritty, like the, I don't want to call them technical, but like the pricing and all that kind of stuff were things that it was all about me, maybe like as far as just not, not feeling what I was offering was valuable enough and just having like so many doubts about what comes easy to me isn't that valuable, even though it's a miracle <laughs> to someone yeah. who has not been exposed to it. I think that may, maybe if, if I was to add another one, it's that, that idea that just because it's easy to you does not mean it's not valuable. And we forget like how much time. So, and anybody who's listening, especially they're interested in sales and, you know, they, 
they're looking to like sales experts like yourself to hire and stuff like that. Why now in my position, why would you wait all that time to learn all this stuff in years that you've you know amassed on your journey when you can hire someone for three months and bang, you're, it's, how much is that worth? <laughs> you know? Exactly. And what's it costing you if you're not doing it that way? Oh, how much time and energy time and resources energy. and money and clients? Yeah. And frustration and just, just, you know, you, you compelled to feel like quitting, you know, at that point, because not everybody built to just keep on running into walls, <laughs> you know? Right. It's in most people do they quit because it's just too much to try to figure out on your own, especially if you've never been a business owner and you've never navigated this before and you've never sold anything before. Like they shouldn't be like stick with your body of work that you love and hire an expert to help you with the other piece that's unavoidable, by the way. You can't avoid the fact that you have to sell as a business owner. Um, So to your point, hiring an expert that can help you with that is the most valuable thing you can do for your time, for your resources, and for the clients who are waiting for you to show up. Absolutely. Without a doubt. In the meantime, while while you're spinning your wheels trying to figure all this business stuff out, nobody's getting helped. Yeah. If you're keeping yourself stuck. Exactly. Yeah. it's, Um, uh, It's a vicious cycle. But yeah, I think that 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 will be the other part of it that I, I would say that I probably I, I didn't realize that how much of an importance that was. Mm-hmm. And that's hiring an expert or having somebody to to help guide you. Yeah, definitely that with my mentorship with my and just understanding like don't minimize you know what 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 you bring to the table just because you you really do forget like even like in the health coach space like it's almost surprising like people still drink soda you know, <laughs> like, or people still smoke and stuff like that. And then we're like, wow, people still go to McDonald's. People be, like, it's so foreign to us, but I drank soda. I ate McDonald's my whole <laughs> life, but you just kind of forget. And you don't understand that the, that that's very valuable, what your journey was and that time frame that if you could put all that into, into a value, yeah. The dollar amount is just, it's irrelevant at that point. I would priceless. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I mean, to your point, because it comes easy for us, we forget that like, it's not easy for everybody. You know, I use the, the example all the time of my accountant. I'm like, thank God mm-hmm. accounting is easy for him because I want nothing to do with it. That oh. would be a headache for me if I had to do that on my own. Thank God he offers a service where I can pay him to do yeah. that for me. That's how we need to see these things. Like we are offering, I I took a course from a coach once. It's called you're fucking welcome. And I love it because that's her whole mentality and mindset around you're fucking welcome. I put this together and packaged it for you to be able to buy it. And it's not for everybody. And for those of you, it's not for, that's okay. But for those of you who really want and need this type of support, you're fucking welcome. I packaged it all together. I right? gotta look that one up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's great. She has a podcast. Her name's Sarah Dan, and it's her podcast is called "You're Fucking Welcome." She actually kind of took that and really ran with it, and now it's her her full brand. brand. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. That's, that's great. Um, learned a lot from her, and I and I I love that. I just love saying it more than anything. You're <laughs> but when it is easy for us, it's it's easy to lose sight that it's not easy for other people. But that's exactly why it is what we should be doing. You should be doing the thing that's easiest for you. And you have to remember it's not easy for everybody. And that's why they need to learn it from you. Absolutely. Even with podcasting, you'll you'll probably laugh at this. I had a friend about a year ago. She was like, so because I've often said podcasting is the easiest part of my business. And it is. And it always has been Mm -hmm. um, for many reasons. I won't you know, necessarily go into all of them here. But it's just I've just made a decision to let it be easy. And it Mm -hmm. always has been. 
And she asked me, how did you get your podcast started? How did you get it to where it is? And I said, oh, I just blah, 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 And I told her. And her jaw was on the ground. And she looked at me and she goes, oh, my God, I am blown away at what you just shared with me. I said, what part blows you away? Mm-hmm. Because to me, it was such an easy, I allowed it to be easy. Yes, and she yes, was like, yes. what you have done and created is incredible. And it just made me realize, oh, that's right. No matter what we're doing at any given time, it's not necessarily that easy for somebody else. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it is amazing that you just said it like that, because I mean, I look at myself, even with the podcast, I think it's very, very easy. I think I might have started out the show saying it's all so simple. Yeah. Um, but there are people who just, including myself, I'm not a computer guy. Like I, if you ask me how a lot of this stuff that we're doing right now works, I have no idea, right. <laughs> you right. know? but the fundamentals that I was able to do over time, now it's easy for me. And I, I do lose sight just like everything else. And yeah. it, it does, it is not necessarily something that I, I have captured and understood and valued in my journey. Well, and I mean, you know, when we really look back and remember at one point walking wasn't easy for us either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we get to that point where it's like we just do it without thinking about it because it became easy. Um, but walking is still difficult for some people. They happen to probably be little people that are still learning and building the muscles. Around <laughs> it. But yeah, at, at one point things were challenging and we learned our way. And now other people see what we've learned, whether it's in the health and wellness world or whatever it is. And they want to learn from us because it is easy for us. And we are the best person to help them with that because it comes easily to us. Absolutely. And that's the value. Awesome. Well, this has been such an amazing, I could keep going and going with you, Omar, because I could talk podcasting all day, I could <laughs> sales all day. Well, that's um, like how our podcast was. I, I think we no. blew into like almost an hour and I, I had more ready for you. <laughs> I know, we could keep going. And, I absolutely could. Well, we'll have to do this again, for sure, because I have enjoyed doing it on your show and now on mine. And for those of you um, who want to hear more of Omar and I definitely go check out his podcast. Um, it's not just me. He's got incredible guests on there like Matt and Kip and Lori Kennedy, as you've mentioned. Where can they find you? Where can they find your podcast and interact more with you? Yeah, the easiest place is omarcumberbatch.com. That's where you'll see all my show notes and all the podcasts that I, I've actually had in the Health Coach Academy. I also have, this is a uh, shameless plug, um, another podcast called This Podcast Burns Fat with Dr. Lori Shemek. And that's just a whole weight loss show. 99, I should say 90% is weight loss because we do believe that the healthier you you are, the more weight you're just going to naturally lose. So uh, weight loss is a byproduct of health. So we do have a lot of people talking about various subjects in the health space. And that's available on my website too, omarcumberbatch.com. And then you can just click on and whatever your favorite podcast uh, platform is, you'll be able to listen to it on that. Awesome. It's available everywhere. Okay. So omarcumberbatch.com is the best place to go and find all this information. And are you on social media as well? I am. Uh, I'm not as active as I should be, but I do. It, all the links are there. My Instagram account, uh, definitely Twitter. Twitter actually gets me in the most trouble. So you may uh, <laughs> may enjoy that one a little bit more. <laughs> find them on Twitter. You'll find the good stuff there. <laughs> yeah. Then I have a Facebook page, of course. But yeah, the, anything that uh, you need will be on the website that you could just jump on, navigate and check me out. And uh, anyone want to hear from me, email me. I, I'd love interacting with my guest, your guest, everybody who's interested in the podcast stuff and any business tips that I can help. I am more than happy. I would love to help people to at least skip, if not multiple steps, just one. And I'd be happy. <laughs> awesome. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Omar. This, like I said, it's it's always a pleasure to chat with you. We'll have to do this again. Um, and I, I really appreciate everything you shared and and all the knowledge and wisdom that um, that you provided here today. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks again. Awesome. All right, everybody. See you next time. All right, that is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you, and I can't wait.